Everyone has a backstory, a unique life experience, a chance meeting, which becomes a defining moment in time, which sets our personal journey apart from any other human beings. On October 28, 2019, two days after laying my grandmother to rest, my dear friend Ty Fussell and from Austin, Texas, and our mutual friend Sean McNally, a Georgia resident, reached out for a visit. This chance meeting would become the catalyst in my life that I didn't know I needed. What I thought would be a 15 to 45 minute visit would turn into a two hour conversation about my multiple myeloma cancer journey, my take on current events, and my next moves going forward. This reunion would become the basis for Sean's intrigue and my motivation that led to our second sit down which we recorded on February 4, 2020. This behind-the-scenes look sets the groundwork for getting my cancer journey and story out into the open. Welcome to the first of six behind-the-scenes episodes as we lay the groundwork for more casual conversations. You're listening to Spread Joy, the podcast. I'm going to start seeing... um, Dr. Nels. And Dr. Nels is actually a neighbor. Oh, nice. She's dealing with end-of-life patients and, you know, things like that. She's dealing with more severe than what I have going on. And then she deals with the financial piece as well. So there's a health piece, a financial piece. Right. And then there's a social piece with your overall health being in the middle because all of those, say, circles overlap. Okay. And I told her, I said, what I need to deal with is the social piece. I was like, because I am a social being. And what I've come from and my, what people know me as is, a, is social and my presence from me owning clubs and performing and doing the things that I do. I was like, I'm a very social person. But I was like, I don't know how to interact anymore. I've been too isolated. But it's larger groups because everybody wants to talk about, like my neighbors. Like we, we have fires out here and we all and the kids and we're sure. all out. But I intimidate people because they look at me and they're they're dealing with their own mortality. Mm. And so... So it's it's, what what you represent freaks them out a little bit? What I represent freaks them out because, you know, everybody's always like, how are you doing? How are you doing? So it's always cancer. Right. Always, what are you doing? Because they're like, they know I've got cancer going on. Right. And then I'm like, well, I'm on disability. And then that also freaks them out because nobody's trying to think about those things. And so I'm always kind of on hovering on the outskirts, you know, like I went to my buddy Nate's fundraiser and it was, I hadn't seen any of these people in forever. And there's people, you know, there's, you know, the motorcycle ride dudes, there's the punk rock dudes, there's everybody. But it's like, I know all these people and I walked into, they hadn't seen me and I walked into this, you know, this fundraiser. I wouldn't even, I didn't even get in. Wasn't there five minutes and I was bombarded. And so on my end, it's overwhelming. It's a little heavy. Because you're told, I've been told for three years, you can't be around so many people. Right. You're gonna, you can't get sick. Right. You got to make sure you're aware of your surroundings. You know, so it's me. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, ah, because it's not the cancer that's going to kill me because it's in remission. Right, right, right. It's the it's other the things other shit, yeah. that'll kill me. The flu. Right. The pneumonia. You know, right. I haven't got my measles, mumps, and rubella shots yet. So if I get, oh, that's right, you have no all your childhood immune system was has been wiped erased. out, and so I've gotten everything back up except for those three: the mumps, okay. measles, and rubella. 
So, but still, I know that the flu will kill me and pneumonia will kill right. me because of my immune system. Right. So I'm freaking out. That's my freak out. So I'm getting over that. Right. But then it's like I get, I put on this. Everybody's like, oh, how you doing? How you doing? I'm like, right. oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Because they're so happy to see me out. Right. So I'm out and I put on this face. Right. And when I left there, I was wiped out for like four days. Oh, really? I was done. And it's just like, like physically and emotionally, physically, or? spiritually, right. and emotionally done. I spent four hours talking to people and hugging and right. catching up, and I found I'm, without sitting down. Like I walked in, and it was on. When was the last time you were in a situation like that? That was the first time, and except for my neighbors here. Right. So it was only been twice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so it's really a big. It, it's a freak out, you know, for me. I, I'm just like, ah! Sure. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And all these people are people that know you, love you, you know, and, love. And, and, yes. So it's not that it's intimidating in a, I don't know you, what do you think of me kind of way. It's just an overwhelming amount of it's everything all to say. It's overwhelming amount of everything. And, and this is related but unrelated. I remember when I was on tour playing drums for a guy who was a minor or country star. We would always go do these big meet and greet things. And he was, he was the guy. It was his name on the marquee. So nobody really wanted to talk to me. I would just kind of be hanging in the wings. But he would get bombarded. And he's a minor, minor person in the greater scheme of things. Of who would be hanging out backstage or whatever. But he would get bombarded. And it would just go on for a couple hours. And then he would come kind of soggy onto the bus. And one day he looks at me and he goes... I, now I sort of get why Michael Jackson wears the glove. You know, it's like at some point in there, I just felt like I was swimming in people, like physically, like my, and he had just got sick or whatever. Not the same, but similar, but like, you're like always running in the back of his brain was like, I can't get the flu from anybody today, you know? Yeah. And it, it and it, it sort of colors everything else. It puts everything else in a more like amber alert <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It does, and that's and that's the whole thing. It's like that part. I don't even think people get. Yeah, the cut it. Nobody who doesn't know probably knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. once a month now, I'm in a hospital, Winship Cancer Institute, where eighty percent of the people in there have cancer, right, or some form of cancer, and twenty percent are doctors and staff. Okay, so. You're looking at, you have on extreme people that are just starting out and they're freaked out trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. There are people in the middle of that that are in it and they're mad the fuck about it because they have cancer and they're the fuck cancer crowd. Right. Then you And, and within that same kind of middle, you have people that are just kind of dealing with what they got going on and they're taking it. Mm-hmm. Then you have, I would say, then you have people like myself on the other extreme to where I'm like, I'm blessed. You're out the other side. and Yeah. I'm just like, I'm blessed that cancer slowed me down. It gave sure. me time to think. It gave me time to deal with what's going on. And I'm not about, Oh fuck cancer. It's like, we're all going to die from something. So cancer is not going to kill me. It's the flu. It's right. the pneumonia. It's the coronavirus, the mumps or the measles that right. may kill me. Something nobody else is thinking about. <laughs> Something nobody else is thinking about. But what I represent, it's like I go in and it's like, you know, I can talk to 
the nurses, the doctors, and all the people in between. And they're like, oh, you're always so happy. You're always so, you know, you come in, you light, it, you know, light up the room. And I'm like, right. well, I'm looking at it differently. Right. You know, I'm like, it's, it, for me, I'm coming at it, you know, as as a, a blessing because I had to change the way I was, my life was based on what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, so I studied theater. Right. You know, I own nightclubs. I'm a performer. I'm this, I'm that. So my life is, right. I'm in the spotlight. Sure. You know, and you're out there and you're shaking hands with people and you're hugging and, sure. you know, you're, you're performing and putting on a show. Now, I had to reel myself back in and deal with the things internally that I never dealt with. Right. So I had to sit with myself. And sitting with yourself is really hard. Let me ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. The other people there who are not in your position that are the fuck cancer crew and the dealing with whatever, do you, did you go through those stages as well? I didn't go through the fuck. You don't felt like you No. Huh. I, 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 it's interesting because when I found out, it took them two months to find out what was going on with me since I got sick. Right. But when I, when I realized what was, you know, in that two months, I was like, I know it's cancer. Like I knew it was cancer. Right. Was I depressed about it? Yes. You know, was I scared about it? Yes. But I said to myself, okay, no matter what they tell me, I'm not done yet. Okay. So, you know, I knew I wasn't done yet. But yeah. within that, I had also come to the conclusion that if this takes me out, if this is my last stand, I've had an incredible life. I've had an incredible life. I've traveled all over the world. Right. I've done everything I've ever wanted to do or dream about. I've done it. Mm. And I know that's unusual for people without, pretty unusual. <laughs> without having something right. major come into their life like cancer. I think more, more people would be thinking, I'd never got to do the things that I thought I wanted yeah. you know, at all. Yeah. That would be the re regret. Yeah. There, the, the re and I didn't have any regrets. And that's so right. I told my mom and my brother, I was like, no matter what happens, I'm okay. If I die in this, know that I had, have had a great life. And they were like, all right. They're like, you know, I know yeah. my mom couldn't necessarily grasp it. But it's given them a gift but, in a way of them trying to be okay with it because you're trying to be okay with it. Yeah. 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 And also the, with my friends that, you know, I rallied around to help. You know, I let made them know, make sure that they knew that I was okay with it. Right. Because I think that's the thing that I think people take death out of such context. Because I bet a lot of people didn't believe you when you said that. Of course they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, couldn't believe it. Of course I did. But the thing is, I'm like, I have done some incredible things. And it's like, if I tell the story, people are like, you've done that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You know, I've lived you know, in Scandinavia. I studied you know, Italian comedy. You know, I've, I've worked and performed in the streets of Europe. That's really amazing. Yeah. And I'm really, you know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm a better person for those experiences. And so with that said, I'm like, okay. That for me is something that I, most people dream about. I've lived a hundred men's lives mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a short time period. I was just telling the uh, pain psychologist when I first did my initial with her, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm a two year old in a 53 year old's body who's 49 years old in his mind. Right. Because that's when everything. That's when it went into slow motion. That's when it went into slow motion and everything happened. And I'm like, that's where. I've, I've, I've got my disconnect there. Right. So I'm disconnected to 
the social right. aspect because it was right when the election was getting ready to start mm-hmm. and oh, it was all in the process and right. everybody was caught up in into Hillary and that puts and, a very nice pin in where it is in space everybody can get their brain around this is what was happening at that time yeah the, it, that yeah. was what was going on then and right. so everybody's thinking about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and what was happening and that was not where my mind was but you know so that's where it started so my mind wasn't on that my mind was on you know dealing with what I had to right, deal with right so where everybody was freaking out after the election, none of that had anything to do with where I was or what right. was going on. I, yes, I voted. Yes, I, I did my part. However, I wasn't caught up in that. Right. So my... You weren't one of the many outraged people on either side. No. on either. And, and you know what's really funny is even the way that I put my stuff out, say on Facebook and update people and right. my positive message that I've always put out there... I didn't lose friends and I didn't lose family members right. because of what was going on. People weren't unfollowing you because you right because of my hated whoever <laughs> whoever one or the other. Right, right. <laughs> so I didn't nice. lose you know I didn't lose any any contacts because of what I, you know, because of that I was you know because what I was putting out was was real and what I was going through. Right, and I'm I always tell people I'm aware of what's going on in the outside world. I had to really bring it close, close in to home and sit with it within myself. Right. In a weird way, it rolls you back to like a pre-technology fascination lifestyle. Like you might as well have been in a cabin in the woods for your immediate concerns. You know, like what is urgent to you yeah. at the moment was within the walls almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, people get in that, that reality television aspect of it. Right. They were so consumed with that. Mm. And I wasn't consumed with that at all. And I'm and I'm still not consumed with it. I know, you know, that right matters. And I know that, you know, what I believe in, I carry a copy of the Constitution in my bag. Awesome. I always have. Awesome. <laughs> right. You know, so it's like, it's not something that's a, a new thing for me. Right. So I'm, I'm like, that part of it. I'm just like, you know, you have to hit people where people need to be hit in the in regards of like where you're coming from, what your morals are, mm. what your value is, what their value is. You know, we um, we are here to validate one another. You know, you and I are validating right. one Truly. another in this Truly. process, Truly. you know, from Ty coming into town, me, you know, you know us having reached out to one another. Yeah. And how it all came back. We, for whatever reason, we have validated what that was. Right. You know, just by sitting here. And that's what people want. Their people want to be seen. People want to be heard. And within that, people want to know that you're listening to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to know that, they, they, that you're listening, that you're truly listening. Because if you're listening to them, you can, instead of me sitting here saying, Oh wow, you're just like me, and you sitting there going, "Oh wow, he's just like me." I should be saying, "Wow, I see me in him," mm. or, or "He's you know you know right. it's like sure. he is me you know and I and I'm him on some level all and, the time, and that is everything is everything. Right. My situation is not unique. My approach is, mm. but it's like I take my past experiences, theater, voiceover, you know, doing my thing. Right. 
And I said, well, how am I going to put a spin on it as I move forward? Hmm. Because what my present day situation is and me being in pain, going to treatment once a month, Mm -hmm. knowing that if I stop my treatments, I'll die. Mm -hmm. Knowing that if I change up my treatments because of the pain that I'm going through because of all the side effects, that doesn't mean the side effects are going to go away. Mm -hmm. It means that I'll come out of remission and have to start all over with a whole nother stem cell transplant. All my everything wiped out again Mm -hmm. and starting at zero. Now, if I were 88 years old, I would probably say, I'm I'm not going to do this treatment. Right. I'm going to just take let life right. take its course, and I'm going to just go with God and allow it to happen. But, like I said, in my mind, I'm still 49, even right. though I know I'm 53. Right. And and two years old all at the same time. You know, in my mind, I, I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And even though it's painful or I'm in bed and I'm sick most of the time, I'm sick two weeks out of the month. This is a great day for me. Okay. My, my first treatment of the year in January, mm-hmm. I was wiped out for 12 days. This is my week off of my meds. Right. So this is when my pain levels double. The pain is high. The pain is high and it even is higher because when I, you know, it's when right. I'm off my meds, it's just, everything is just really intensified. Let so, me ask you this just because I don't know. I know the treatment lays you out and then when it's over physically you can move around do a little more things but the pain is higher is it a trade between the two all the time or it's it's a trade between like is it a pendulum that swings it's a pendulum that kind of swings yeah really it's a pendulum because i am the pendulum from bad to good or is it Bad to a slightly different kind of bad. It's bad to a slightly different type of bad. That's what it's I'm not bad to good. It's a bad to right. a slightly there's different kind of some... bad. There's always some. Because it's always there. And right. But the thing is, like I told the pain doctor, mm-hmm. I was like, I have had to wrap my head around what's going on. And I was like, okay, it's a small price to pay to be in pain, mm-hmm. to sit here and talk with you. Right. Now, I could choose to wallow in my pain and be like, oh, I'm home in pain, poor pitiful me, I'm in pain, da da da. Right. I see people do it. Sure. sure. <laughs> you know? And that's, they don't even have cancer. Yeah, it's right. like you get on social media and you hear, you see people doing it. Absolutely. And I'm just like, instead of me doing that, I'm like, I flipped the script in my head and I'm like, you know what? This pain I'm going through is a small price to pay. So I get up, I get dressed, I'm thankful, I make my bed, I have some breakfast, mm-hmm. I go on about my day the best I can. And if I don't feel like getting up, I lay in that bed. There you go. You know, if I don't, you know, if I can barely make it, I just, I just do what I can do. Right. Some days are super great, and some days I'm wiped the fuck out. Right. <laughs> it's just that simple. Right. <laughs> it's hard to picture because as you sit here and has during our last conversation and by text and then like you always seem so energetic. That's flipping the script. In That's my head. flipping the script. Yeah, because for me, I would rather you know I'm not going to text you and say or I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling like shit. Uh, right. Because if I'm putting that out into the universe, is my thought pattern. It's I'm attracting of, that. It's a self fulfilling. Yes, it's self fulfilling, yeah. and I'm like, I'm attracting that. I'm like, I'm not going to attract that because I know there are days that I feel bad. Right. I know that. Uh, there's times and that I just really can't even walk down there to get the right. mail and come back. 
but am I going to focus on those days or am I going to focus on the things that I'm looking forward to? Right. Looking forward to meeting up with you. Right. You know, this for me is awesome. Since we met the last, I've talked to my buddy Stefan, my buddy Jason, who, you know, Stefan's been with me throughout this whole process. Like he was here when they sent me from the hospital. Mm-hmm. He he and Anka were here changing out my uh my medicine, my bag, because I had to finish my treatment right. at home. And so, you know, he knows what I've been going through, and he's worked for me. We, You know, we've worked together. We've been there for each other. So it's a different, you know, approach. And same with Jason. So they know what the deal is. And right. they both are, are willing to help whatever way they can because, you know, Stefan's computer savvy. And he's mm-hmm. also worked within the medical field and done a bunch of medical research. Same with Jason. He's very computer savvy and they all put presentations and things together. Right. And I, my buddy Kimbo is the same. I have great resources, mm-hmm. but you know, and I think everybody sometimes is a little like <gasps> afraid to talk to me. Like people are afraid mm-hmm. to call. I'm afraid to call you because you might be, you might right. not feel good. Right. And right. I'm like, Call me. It doesn't matter if I don't feel good or not. If I don't feel good, I'll let you know. I'm not going to hide it. And, right. You know, I'm like, so that's where people I can be honest with and then people that I have to go out and perform for. And that's where I, that's where my disconnect is socially. Right. Because they're, you're in the honest category. I you know what I'm so. saying? You know, I'm I'm right. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's, it's, it's like, you, you know, it's like you're in the honest category, but then say, you know, we say we go out, but I have to put on a face for them. And that for me is hard fucking work. And I'm like, but they don't get it. Right. And nor should they necessarily have to get it, you know, because I know that they're dealing with their own stuff. Like sure. I said, the, the, the own mortality, you know, so they're, you know, they're freaking it's, out about it my certainly situation. puts it on the, the conversation plate. If they know what what you know about you, yeah, it's, it's hard to not have it. It's like the amber alert of not getting the flu. For them, it's an amber alert of this is. I thank God I'm not here. Conversation, you know, Reggie. Reggie's situation is right. worse than my what, situation. What would I do? Yeah. in this situation, which almost, which in a lot of ways, sort of lays people bare because it makes you face how you deal with. It, it's. I'm not going to say it. It shames you when you talk to people who are having to do hard things, but in a way, it kind of does because it's like things that you avoid doing. You're like, oh, I'll take care of it, even if, at a bar or whatever. You're yeah, like, I don't want to do this. I'll take care of it if I avoid it long enough. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. when you're forced to do it, you're like, ah, and you're like, and then you do it and you do it. You're like, I could have just done that right away. You know, it, it it it's a different kind of mindset about taking ownership of action and thought and whatever i'm probably off going off the no i the think you, i think you're I'm right i'm just saying as people like before okay so before me and ty would have come over if you would have just said if we had just bumped into each other in a restaurant and i would have recognized you as reggie from back in the day we didn't know each other well but i went oh there's reggie but if somebody would have nudged me and went oh he had terrible cancer i ask myself what are the is it a 
50-50, 60-40 that I would have went over and introduced myself, or it would have been very easy just to scoot out the door. It would have probably been very easy to scoot you know out the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. And it's funny that you say that because when I first got the real diagnosis mm-hmm. from the doctor, I immediately put out basically my own press release because I hate the low vibration. Right. Hey, Sean, that's Reggie. You know, he yes, has really terrible yes, cancer. Yes, yes. And I said, I don't need that low vibration. What I need is that positive, uplifting push from everybody. So if right. I cut that low vibration off at the start, I'm going to continue with that uplift and push that I need to get through. Right. And so that's what I did. That so I, big sense. I, I put it out there and I was like, this is what's going on, just to make sure everybody knew. Because the rumor mill, when it comes to what's going on, because nobody knows, right. nobody, everybody's trying to figure out what's happening, and then everybody's whispering. And to me, that's a negative. Right, right. You know, that's that low vibration. And I said, no, I got this. And I put out basically my press release on what was happening and just let everybody know. And I said, what I need from you is your prayers, your positive energy, and a hug when you see me. Right. And the hug actually ended up getting kind of taken out of that scenario. <laughs> also, also, if you see me, please do not hug me. <laughs> it got taken Mental out. Hug. It got taken out because then I found out what the you know, right. real deal was. After, right. But I had to head it off at the past. I was just like, uh-uh. I get I can't, it. You know, I can't have that negative energy because, like you said, that what you described would have probably been... I would probably say ninety-five percent of people's response. I, I will probably, I would like to say that I would not be one of the ninety-five percent, but I can't say that for sure. Yeah. Even with people I know, I've known much better than you. Yeah. Until now, I probably would. I mean, think about something stupid like you see. It doesn't even have to be like an ex-lover. It could be the the old roommate of an ex-lover and you see him at the aisle at the grocery store and you have a one moment where you're like do I turn quickly or do I walk straight at him because there's nothing in the middle they're going to know me you yeah, know? Yeah, it's that yeah. moment it's times moment. a million yeah like, it's that moment you hit the nail on the head right there it's that moment and that's for you that's everybody you see now. yeah thanks for tuning in to Spread Joy the Podcast first of six behind-the-scenes episodes of the Sneak Peek series. For more information on today's episode, please log on to SpreadJoy.com or email me, Reggie, at SpreadJoy.com. I'm your host, Reggie Valentino, and thanks for listening. Spread Joy, you heard me change lives.